Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, great to be joined by Colin Cooper in the plus surroundings of St George's Park. Colin, good to see you again, wearing an England T-shirt. Can you tell us a little bit, first of all, about how you got involved with uh, Eddie Boothroyd and the under-21 settle? Um, well, I came in um, in May of last year, really. Um, having uh, So that was 18 months having left Hartlepool. Um, you know, and to, so to actually get back into work was was tough applying for jobs um, and then uh, and then I was offered the opportunity to come and interview for one of the head coaches roles here which was coming up for grabs um, never got the job but then in the following January so as I say January of uh, 2016 um, they asked me to reapply for some um, new positions that they were creating um, I suppose kind of the opposite of you know attack and defence coaches. This was the you know kind of in and out of possession. So I guess with my background, um, they asked me to come and interview, and um, and then offered me the, the position as, as as lead out possession coach for the development teams really. So, but my on the grass stuff would always be with the 21s. Obviously at the time Gareth was head coach of the 21s, so I was working with Gareth and Steve Holland. Um, and then uh, you know there was obviously uh, you know having qualified for <coughs> um, the Euros th- this last summer just gone. Um, you know then we had the autumn where um, obviously Big Sam left here. Gareth kind of stepped into the breach on a on an interim basis, and then AD stepped up from the under 20s to do the same. Um, and uh, yeah, and you know the idea was that. All squads needed a certain element of continuation, so the, the, the thing was that I would stay where I was. Uh, me and Aidy worked together, um, and with the goalkeeping coach Tim Dittmer, and, um, and Gareth and Steve moved up to do what they'd been doing for the two years previous with the seniors, really. <coughs> so, um, so that's how, and then that interim basis obviously turned into permanency um, in whatever it was, February of this year, March of this year. Um, so yeah, so it was it was just a case of for me it was it was nothing different. You know, I'd been in the role just under a year. Really enjoyed the role working with the twenty ones. Um, you know, seeing what's going on behind the scenes here. Um, you know, I've I've worked on the outside for football clubs, so the FA gets a, a, a kick in, and unfairly so in my opinion. So I've been in the organisation for eighteen months, and there's some unbelievable work that goes on here. Um, and I think you know this last. So from when I joined in 2016 to um, late summer of 2017, you know the development teams have um, we've had three winners or four if you include the Toulon team that we won with last summer, four winners, uh, one runner-up, um, and if you include the ladies, two semi-finalists. So that's never happened before. So it's been a it's been a really exciting year for the FA. And you know I've said from day one, um, you know I was. I was very lucky, privileged and proud to to be offered to, the chance to play for my country um, very briefly, certainly at senior level and uh, a little bit longer under 21 level. But um, 
so yeah so to, you know to wear the three lines that makes me immensely proud and I drive here uh, most days and, and I still tingle when I, when I drive down the drive at St George's it makes me feel special and, and that's kind of the feeling that we're trying to get for the players they have to feel special every time they come here It's interesting you mentioned that you played for the under 21s of course yeah, doesn't it the pains or something mm. like that um, how has how, how's the whole thing changed because it's a great comparison you will have been an under 21 what late late 80s I'm guessing yeah. it, we're now in 2017 you know is it chalk and cheese, the difference? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the, the feeling of, of, of playing for your country is still the same. Um, obviously, the, the places where you meet are slightly different. Um, but we're still of a really good standard. I mean, my first, my first under-21 experience was, um, was having to get uh, a train, a bus and a taxi to get to the, the Post House Hotel at High Wycombe. Um, to uh, to join up with the under 21s, um, and now obviously everybody gets shipped here to St George's. Um, you know, and again, it, it's while some people might think it's uh, it's a little bit OTT. You know, players getting shipped from their houses to to the St George's. Um, certainly, at senior and under 21 level, you know, the seniors are. Are there for everybody to shine and want to be in. So we have to, with the 21s, we, we kind of give them the best of what we possibly can, but realise that they still have to aspire to things. You know, in, in the Premier League, that most of these players are playing, um, or their parent clubs, whether on loan or playing, they get the best of everything now. So we have to try and give them um, a really positive experience that, A, they're really desperate to come back and play for England. And when they're here, um, we try and create a, a club atmosphere where they feel comfortable, confident. You know, they, there's a trust element that you've got to put into things. And and yeah, so I think, and again, these are all the work that's been going on for years before I arrived here. Um, and as I say, you know, this summer's been been really special that people are taking notice from the outside of, of the development teams and the ladies team. I have to say, in the summer. And. Um, and yeah, it, it feels nice when people say, oh, you know, you, were you involved in the team that got to the semi-final of the Euros? Were you involved in the team that won the World Cup? Were you involved with the, the team that won the Euros for the under-19s, etc., etc.? It, so it's been a really, really positive year. And, and as I say, on the back of um, desperately wanting to have a go at management at Hartlepool, thoroughly enjoying it, um, leaving um, was obviously a very hard thing for me to do. Um, I felt I'd made the right decision at the time. Um, and you know, I think uh, you know the, the last, I guess, the last three and a half, four years has been very tough for Hartlepool. You know, I left in October of 2014, so here we are in October of 2017, three years later. Um, and as I say, the things I was trying to put in place at Hartlepool um, never got done, and um, and hence. Um, Hence a, a, a job role, uh, a job change. But <clears throat> as I say, the, the difference being that there was 18-month period in between where I wasn't working um, and trying desperately to get another job. So the first thing I'm saying, I'm, I'm delighted to be back working and delighted to be working in this organisation. Yeah, you mentioned that 18 months. I mean, footballers, you know, it, it, you go through a career where you, you probably don't experience that. Where you've gone 18 months without a break from from, from work. Was that a tough period? Uh, no, it's only happened twice. No, it's only happened twice in, I guess, in uh, well, 30 odd years. It's only happened twice where I've been out of work for any length of time. So, 
the first one, um, the first one was new. So when I left Middlesbrough, when Gordon Strachan um, went into his second season, um, it was new. Um, I'd never had a Christmas off in 25 years, so that was different and nice. Um, but when um, when I resigned from Hartlepool and, and tried very hard to get back in, and whatever for whatever reason you can't get back in, you know there's 80, 90 applicants for every manager's job, and that's what I was aiming for. I was trying to get back into management. I didn't I didn't apply for coaches' jobs. I applied for managers' jobs, and it became apparent that um, that that wasn't going to happen. So as I say, when I was offered the opportunity to come and interview um, a year gone December. Um, disappointed as it was I didn't get the job it was nice to actually sit in front of people and, and, and kind of try and show them your passion and your skills and what you've got to offer obviously I'd been through all the qualifications here um, ticked all the badge boxes um, and um, it's nice to be it's nice to be putting them into place and things are, things are changing and you know we're all we're all hoping to gear up to support uh, the England seniors you know that's Ultimately, where everybody's gauge will be as, as successful as it's been as summer for the development teams, everything will always be gauged on World Cups and European Championships for the seniors. Um, but it's nice that we do have a really strong link running through the pathway now. You know, from 15s all the way through to to Gareth and the seniors, there's a, there's a real strong link and a real strong thread, which um, which we're very proud of. Yeah, no, you know Gareth as well as anybody, I guess, and played with him. Shared a dressing room with him, you know, you assistant at Middlesbrough with him as well. Um, do you get a sense of pride when you say how well Gareth's done? Gareth's great. Listen, Gareth is perfect because he's um, he's a he's a he's a person who gives a lot of trust to players. He's a person who um, can talk to them through genuine experience, can talk about the hopes and fears that all all players have. Doesn't. With all due respect, the money that's in football is there. The players, the money isn't isn't what the players play football for. So, and again, when they come to England, you, you're talking about the cream of the crop. So, these lads will 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 be having things thrown at them left, right, and centre. But what they actually, the thing that you want them to come here for is just be proud to play for the country. And Gareth's just a perfect role model. Like I say, he can talk from genuine experience and 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 go through all the all the outside influences the, the hopes as I say the hopes and fears that we, they all have we all have we all have insecurities we all have good days bad days um, so I think for them lads um, and Steve as well to be fair and, and, and the team that work with them um, you know they've got two people that can really go from genuine experience and and as I say you know um, knowing him as a knowing him as a man he, he, he just he just speaks to them on, on a level he doesn't speak to them from a, from an ivory tower pretending to be something else he's not he just He's just a person who, who wants young young men and young players to be proud to represent the country and, and not have any issues of doing so. Because that you know that that has been a problem for the for the England seniors and and not something that they work. We're all working very hard on that side of the game. That's for sure. All development teams plus the seniors are working very hard on on trying to um, just trying to have positive influences rather than worrying about the negative things that may or may not happen. How do you reflect back on your time together at Middlesbrough when, you know, when Gareth was manager there? It was, a, it was an inter interesting, took whatever you want to describe it as, you know, two of the table finishes and then obviously the disappointment of the final season mm. before going to the Championship. How much of a learning experience was that for both of you? Well, it's slightly different for me because I wasn't, I wasn't the manager. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a very different thing. You know, when, when Gareth took the manager's job, you know, I was all, I was already, um, you know, that was my last season anyway. Um, so I went, 
but very new into the coaching side, really. So I'd spent, you know, I think it well documented, I think the last 12 months of Steve McLaren's role, I kind of spent that time working with the uh, 18s in the academy. Um, still playing uh, for the development team, 21s, 23s, reserves, whatever you want to call it. Um, so when Malcolm Crosby was in charge of that, um, and then basically when Gareth took the job and obviously Malcolm moved up with him to assist him um, I moved in and, and became the reserve team coach which was a natural progression for us all I guess um, and, uh, and yeah so I think uh, you know it was, it was an interesting time for us all but um, you know working with senior players as I did from the Christmas onwards you know I'd played I'd played in middle school teams that had um, that had both been promoted and relegated um, and through some very hard times so to be part of the, the backroom staff through a relegation hurt me like hell you know it's, it's, you kind of question yourself really um, and I'm sure Gareth did the same um, and then obviously you know the start of the following season uh, was going pretty well and Steve decided to change it um, and then I kind of uh, I was and then I suppose Gordon really inherited me rather than wanting me there so we worked together for six months he decided he wanted to change it you know I can't argue with that so um, I guess for the third time in my career I left Middlesbrough <laughs> you always seem to come back though well <laughs> who knows it could happen again you never know <laughs> just quickly on the England side of things you did get capped twice you said how proud you were um, it was during the World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, the Japan game and then the Brazil game after that, which a lot of people remember. Did you play in that game against Brazil? I was sub, yeah, I was sub against Japan, played against Sweden and played against Brazil. There was a little fella that day. Do you remember much about him? The, the, did you, there, was did lots of li- there was lots of little fellas <laughs> that I couldn't catch. <laughs> Do you know much about did you know, did, just in, Interestingly, did anyone know much about him before that game? Do you know who we were talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, he was, no, was, was well known, for sure. Um, I mean, on, on that day in particular, I think... You know, you look back and, and the front line of uh, Janino, Edmundo and Ronaldo, you know, you look back and you think, Jesus Christ, no wonder I couldn't get anywhere near them. <laughs> um, but that was a fact, you know, I'd reached the pinnacle and kind of, you know, I've said many times since, realised that I probably wasn't good enough to stay at that level. Um, as much as I was proud to do it and I would have loved another opportunity. Um, no, I mean, I tried very hard to get very close to Ronaldo, Edmundo and Janino, and as I say, tried very hard and got very not very close to any of them but but yeah it was still a brilliant I remember at half time being in the dressing room at the old Wembley and um, kind of going into the uh, into the shower area and, and just and just having five minutes of, on my own and, and just um, Jesus I really hope that we can hold on to this 1-0 <laughs> um, but as I say the second half the real Brazil turned up and uh, certainly put me to the sword and, and the rest of us I guess. but are you able to you know even then were you able to think you know, when you were the 18, 19-year-old Colin Cube just with the Middlesbrough uh, squad, was that ever an achievable objective at that time to, um, to play for your country? Well, listen, I guess uh, the, one, the only thing I could say is that when, and it still continues to this day, when I was, um, uh, I guess when I was 17, 18, and just kind of making your way in the team, um, which is fine, and then I think you know, Big Pally got a bit of senior recognition. And on the back of that, I think quite a few of us were noticed um, for various international countries. And, you know, obviously with Big Pally and then Stewie Ripley and myself and obviously Bernie at uh, the Republic. 
there was a, I think there was some really nice recognition for, for what the club had gone on to achieve and and I think from you know if you, if you look back realistically you know, and we all we always say it, if you look back realistically and you think four players who who came through as um, players who might not have had a football career after what happened in '86 to get four senior internationals in one group of players of, of Bruce's initial squad of 14, I think is nothing short of remarkable, really. Um, and as I say, you know, you can you can you can point it in any direction you want, but the career that Gary Pallister had is phenomenal. And as I said, I'm sure Stuart feels the same as me, and, and I'm sure Bernie was. Uh, as much as he was Scottish, was delighted to represent the Republic. Um, but yeah, um, it's a dream, isn't it? It's a dream. Um, and as I, you know, the one thing I can say to these young lads that I work with now is that it took me six years to bridge the gap. You know, I think everybody just naturally presumes you go under 21 seniors. You know, Jamie Vardy is, 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 is kind of the, the opposite of that, really. That some people go on different routes. And as much as we create a pathway for the young players and we want to give them tournament experience, we want to try and get deep into tournaments, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, as has happened this summer, um, you know, ultimately we want to give them them experiences so that when they get into the seniors it doesn't phase them, it doesn't become an issue. Um, you know, what happened to England in the, in the Euros um, last summer? You know, I think every English fan was like gobsmacked and disappointed and all the other words you want to throw out there. Um, you know these young players who are representing the country at the moment who've, who've won things I think just gives them a little bit of a psychological edge that you know we can do it, we can win and all you want them to do is be able to continue that through the careers knowing the, 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 the blockages that are out there for young players about getting game time in the Premier League getting game time anywhere really from you know 20 through to 23 it's really hard to get the the lads game time in, in top end Premier League game and Champions League game because it's now a worldwide brand really so our job is to, is to give them experiences where they play in top level international football from 15s to 21s that hopefully we, they can bridge the gap and go into the seniors with a, a comfortable foresight that we can actually go into the seniors and we can win things and ultimately that's what we're all here for you know we're all here in a development role to try and get players through to the seniors and hopefully give them them Psychological experiences that they can go and win. The young lads today, looking at it from the outside, they've just got they've got it all at, at, at the, It's all done for them. It's all laid on for them. They've got the facilities. It's all. And then it's just up to them to to take advantage. It, it couldn't be more different to to how it was for the lads like yourself yeah. at Middlesbrough in 1985, six, seven. I bet you wouldn't swap that though for anything. That experience. No, listen. We we all talk about young players' experiences, and and because because of the. Uh, the advent of, um, well, more recently EPPP and academies, etc. Um, I, I don't, I don't dispute anything. I think everything's done. What, what we believe is for the benefit to try and develop young players. Um, they do, they do get everything laid on a plate. And but what you can't do is you can't, you can't put heart and soul into them. You know, what, what's the core? What, what did they actually start playing football for as a kid? It doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter what's there in front of you now. What did you actually play football for as a kid? And you've still got to have that sense and that feel, whether you're a senior international, under 21, or anybody down our pathway. You've still got to have that that fear and uh, that feel of what it actually means to be a footballer, and what it actually means to wear the three lions. You know, we, we have a lot of pride in 
and branding the badge and branding, but not not for a fear, just for a, for a, um, for a pride aspect. And, and as I say, you know, having been, you know, I can share experiences at this level um, with with these players. As I said, Gareth can share them with the seniors. Um, and um, and all, yeah, all you can say is that whatever you continue to do, every every pathway is not a straight a straight line. Every pathway has twists, turns, ups, downs, roundabouts. And the players come here and they, they might be having a brilliant time at the club because they're playing, they might be having a really crap time because they're not, they're not playing, the manager doesn't speak to them, they, they, they're playing under-23 football, they, they can't get out on loan, they want to go out on loan, so they, we get all of them things. But ultimately, again, all I would say is that as long as they remember what they're playing football for and, and when they started kicking the ball around, whatever it was, it was on the street when I was a kid, it might not be on the street when they were a kid, but we all picked up a football and started kicking it around for a reason. Because A, we love the sport, and, and B, it doesn't matter what's thrown in front of you, you still love what you're doing and just you want to get better, you want to improve what you've got. How do you, how do you want to go from where you are? Because whatever's laid out in front of you, it doesn't matter, because if you don't love what you're doing, it's, it's a pointless exercise, because you're not, going to, you're not going to give of your best on one of them. Just on briefly on Middlesbrough, what are some of the highlights when you look back now, your playing career, what, what stands out, what... The promotions, the, the League Cup final, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I go back to the first, the first time round. Really, nothing will ever replace what happened in '86, '87, and '88. Um, as a, as a, you know, you talk about experiences. You know, I, I say to young players, I, I nearly didn't have a football career. Um, just getting in the first team regularly, um, and then it was all taken away very nearly. So. Um, so you can you can only say to these lads, yes, you're very lucky to be representing the clubs that you represent. Um, but ultimately, you know, um, what happened at Middlesbrough will, will probably will it ever happen again? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. And you know, we we had the 30-year reunion last year, which makes you realise how old you are. But it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, because them them things them things that happened yesterday, they didn't happen 20, 30 years ago. They happened yesterday. Um, and the lads who were involved and the people that were involved. Um, and I think, as I said, nothing, nothing short of a minor miracle, really, what happened in 86. Um, and we can only be grateful for what happened in the background. And then I think uh, between Bruce and Toddy and, and obviously people like Willie Madron before, uh, nurturing talent, I think Middlesbrough also got lucky in the fact that out of that group of 14 players which started the 86, uh, 86 season at Hartlepool, You've got four senior internationals. And again, I can only say I don't think that's nothing short of remarkable. Um, yeah, some some highs along the way. You know, the second time around, I mean, coming back to the club was was a massive buzz. Everybody knows that I'd been at Forest five years and was thoroughly enjoying my time there. And it was only to come back. Was that completely? No, absolutely not. No, no. I was I was in the process of signing a new contract for Forest. Um, I'd had a a minor disagreement with the then manager Harry Bassett um, and I was captain and just, just captained the team back to the Premier League um, I was 31 years of age at the time and um, basically I, I, was, I was quite happy to stay at Forest for the rest of my career disagreement with Mr Bassett um, I then got a phone call probably a month later with Viv Anderson who was obviously working with Brian was that, would I be interested um, and I said straight away, I said I, I wouldn't have done it for anything else, I don't think. Um, so I was proud to come back then. Um, and it was a different Middlesbrough when you came back, wasn't it? You left in yeah. 90, was it 91, something like 91, that? 91, yeah. The club 
had that time in the in the briefly in the Premier League, well, first division as it was then, yeah. and, and it was only took us a little bit. You went to Millwall. Was that a big decision to go at the time? Massive, massive. But um, I, I wouldn't have had the career I had afterwards if I hadn't. I think you know Lenny Lawrence has always been very uh, gracious in the fact that he said it was one of the worst decisions he ever made letting me go, but it wasn't. It wasn't because at the time, if I'd have stayed at Middlesbrough, I think chances are I certainly wouldn't have played for England, and my career might have just drifted away because I'd had um, I'd had my broken foot issues, um, which had kept me in and out of the team. I knew for a fact my career was going downhill, not up. It had been on a really nice upward curve from a. 18 year old but by the time I left for Millwall my career was only going one way so brave yes because I'd only just been married uh, myself and Jude had only just been married so to move away from I suppose comfort for a young couple um, to put ourselves and have a bit of a gamble up was, was great but it wasn't a gamble up because I knew I was going to play for Bruce I knew how Bruce saw me as a person um, and as a player so that wasn't brave but it was certainly brave for my wife to uh, to leave home, to leave home, and then, and yeah, and then obviously the, the kids came along very quickly as well. So it was, Millwall was great. We had a great two years. Um, great people, great part of the world. Um, but as I say, you know, I, you know, the five years that I had with Forest really was 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 the highlight of my career, as in. The, the levels I got to really as a centre back. Um, played the best football, do you think? Yeah. Of your career, yeah. Well, and probably in the best team I played in. You know, the team from '86 to '88 would have competed with anybody. Um, but at the time, you know, the, the team that I played with at Forest, you know, we finished third in the Premier League, got to a European Cup quarter final or a UEFA Cup quarter final, um, and had some super players. Um, but as you say, the Middlesbrough I went back to was a very different one. You know, I was really really pleased to go back and play for Robbo. Uh, I always had a lot of respect for Brian and Viv and Gordon. So to go back wasn't yeah, it was it was it was something that wouldn't have happened if it if it weren't them three in the club. Um and and as I say, on the back of probably having a, a minor disagreement for the first time I'd never had a disagreement with any manager in, in fifteen years. So, you know, um Harry Bassett had his reasons. Um but ultimately I, Having stayed the season and got Forest promoted, um, and uh, and then getting the phone call, the phone call from Viv, it didn't take an awful lot of adding up. That I wasn't wanted somewhere else. Somewhere really wanted me, and um, and to go back to Middlesbrough at 31 um, was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, and it, and it turned out so because to go back as a 31-year-old, playing till I was officially 39, but really, I guess. 37 really was probably the last time I was playing regularly but um, yeah it was, a, it was a good time and obviously you know the managers that were there you know Steve had some really nice success um, you know I was I was still a person who wanted to play week in week out that was obviously not going to happen with Gareth coming Big Hugo I think at the time when I went back you know people like Gianluca Festa Steve Vickers some, some very very good players um, so um to not play regularly in the latter stages of my career was disappointing but I realised where I was I had the opportunity to leave again and I didn't feel it was relevant you know I'd played where could you have gone uh, a couple of places there's a couple of places that asked me to go somewhere like 37, 38 yeah. even and I just said I, I didn't see I'd been offered three times or I'd been offered twice the opportunity to, to start my coaching um, journey um, 
and when it was offered for a third time I thought well if I don't take it now it's not coming again and that was when I, I was offered um, to go out and play somewhere else and I just thought well if I go to another club and I play till I'm 39, 40 it's going to be another 50, 60, 70 appearances what, what's that mean in the grand scheme of things or is this the next thing really um, and I have to say at the time Steve Gibson and Keith Lamb in particular were very we're very upfront and saying you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. We want you here. We, we see you very much as part of, uh, of the future, and that was nice. So, again, even at 39, being made to feel wanted, I think we all want that and we all crave that, and it was uh, it was really nice. So, more than happy to stay and, and continue rather than leaving the club to, um, you know, giving 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 not not giving a bit back if you like, because that sounds a bit cliched, but working with young players and, and, and they can see you know when you started as a young player here you, you managed to get there and you managed to get there you might have had to go somewhere else to get to the very top but everybody knows that um, that Middlesbrough give young players a chance and so I was say talking to the young player Dale Fry is, a, is following the footsteps of your good self in some respects a local lad coming through the ranks um, what do you think of him as a player so far and what would your advice be to him moving forward um, well first of all I Dale played for um, the under-18 team I was looking after when he was 15, so I think that shows his level of maturity. Even as a, you know, we're now going back with Dale five years, so I think his level of maturity was always there. He's a very calm, um, very assured young man, um, very confident in what he does, um, and I think it's nice, uh, it's nice even now to see, um, you know, Gary Monk giving him his head alongside Gibbo, who's, who's obviously a shining light for any young player at Middlesbrough. You know, we were the we were the older role models. I think Ben is a, is a is a great role model for young players who are coming through the system at Middlesbrough now, and and his pathway, because he didn't take the easy route, which was brilliant. So it shows everybody, as I said, that you know Ben went to York um, when they were non-league, then he went to Tranmere in League One before he actually made his debut for Middlesbrough's first team. So he chose he chose to. Um, take a tricky road rather than an easy road of just playing reserve team football and, and, and not testing himself so I think any young player now and Dale's one of them you know because obviously Ben's only what will he be four years older than Dale so yeah so I think I think he'll be 23 24 now Ben so I think for Dale somebody like that in, in your in your club is is brilliant because um, he's still playing alongside him learning um, and Ben's attributes as both as a player and as a person um, a second to none really so if Dale uh, if Dale continues on the pathway he's got and and, um, and continues to, to, to stay grounded in, in the way that Ben does um, then he'll not be too far short advice for the future um, all he wants to do is play football that's all they all want to do he just wants to play as many games as he possibly can he's disappointed when he doesn't play he's happy when he does play he's disappointed if he makes a mistake um, which he learns from um, He's happy if he has a good game and you keep a clean sheet. Um, and even at this level, when, when in a 21, under 21s, you know it's ramped up because they're then pitching themselves against the best players of their age from all over Europe and as he as he saw in the summer all over the world. And and I think the the shot in the arm for any player of, of Ben, uh, sorry, of, of Dale's ilk is that they can they can match themselves with any young players in the world. What happens between 20 and 24, 25 is, is the hard thing in this country because of the, the global brand that the Premier League club is. Um, the Premier League is, you know, it is a worldwide brand, hence, you know, the worldwide. So it, it's a difficult one for young players in this country to to, to get high level, high level game time. Um, as I say, 
top end championship, Premier League, um, Champions League, European football. Um, you know, as a player, I managed to get all of them things, but not as often as I'd really have liked. Um, never managed to play Champions League football, which was always a, a, a drive. But unfortunately, Middlesbrough never quite got to the Champions League. So, um, but no, he's, he's, a, he's a great lad who's got a lot of really strong attributes. You know, his technique on the ball um, is great. His calmness on the ball is great. He doesn't like getting beat. You know, he's obviously six foot four, built like a brick outhouse. So, you know, anything I can help him with, um, from his positioning, defensive, um, defensive positioning, defensive movements. Defending the box, defending one v ones, which are which are the things that I was learnt as a player of his age to to really focus in on, and that's what I'm here for. And and Ben and, and every other player here, you know, we've got some exceedingly talented young English players, um, and they get all the development they get at the football clubs. I think when they come to play for England, we have to make them feel the pride of playing for England, win, you know, because ultimately England's about winning. Um, all the development goes in, in my opinion, goes in at the football clubs day in, day out with all the fantastic coaches and and managers that are working in every day at football clubs. When they come to us, you know, I think our, our thing is to give them the tools in order to be able to go into the big stage and win. Um, and Dale can certainly do that because he's got a fantastic temperament and he's got a terrific career in front of him, I think. It's a new year for Middlesbrough, Guy Monks come in, obviously disappointed in the last season, who won't you know, revisit that, but do you like the look of Middlesbrough as they develop it now, they've brought some players in, um, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a new era, isn't it? A little bit? It is, well I, I, was, I, was up, um, I was up a couple of times at the end of last season, so I managed to have a chat with Gibbo, um, Steve, not Ben, <laughs> or both. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Steve Agnew was in charge at the time, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for Steve. But I, I know for a fact that um, that Steve Gibson uh, was very much in the forefront that uh, he wanted to go back to British uh, English, preferably. Um, obviously, Gary uh, had come out of playing um, into management at Swansea, um, had a good spell. Um, and I've got a, you know, because obviously with me living in Yorkshire, I've got a lot of people who support Leeds as mates, and they were really impressed with how Gary was turning things around there, um, the structures, the players, the way they were playing. And um, so I, I know for a fact that going into Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough will play good football because that's Gary's way and always has been from being a player at Swansea to the manager at Swansea, etc. And, and that, that's continued on. So I know they're going to play good football. Um, you know, I know there's been a, a couple of mutterings in the last couple of weeks, but that's going to happen in football. You're going to have ups and downs and good times and bad times. Um, but ultimately, the one thing that Steve Gibson gives is uh, he gives managers a chance to to have the stability to build things. He's not a, he's not someone that goes, that's not working, we get rid. Um, and that's how football is these days, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, and Gary's uh, more than happy with that situation and will... Uh, I like the way they play. I know there's frustrations about, again, about how quickly they go forward and, and goal scoring will always be the thing that's going to make you successful or, or fail. Um, you know, he's, he's certainly brought, you know, having seen um, people like Britta Sombolonga play for, for years, you know, um, I know for a fact he'll score goals in pockets. When he gets on a streak, he'll just, every week he'll score in that league. Um, and there's other players that are there. You know, it's it's nice to see yeah. nice to see Stewie down and still having a role to play. Um, obviously, again, I've known Stewie since he was a very young boy. Um, but no, I, I, th I think uh, the one thing that Gary will know is that he's got time to um, 
he's got time to develop and it, nothing's rushed yes of course we want to get back to the Premier League again which will be the ultimate goal again I think for him but I think um, Steve will Steve will assess what's going on in the background is there improvement is there development and ultimately is the one thing that he's always done I mean there's been a, an awful lot of change behind the scenes in the summer with obviously Dave um, Parnaby and Ron Bourne retiring but the young players are still there and Dale's testament to that so um, you know, I saw young uh, Marcus Tavernier get called up um, and I watched him play at Aston Villa in the EFL Cup a couple of weeks ago and he was a young player that I thought you know, he's got something to offer for sure um, so the young players are still coming through so that's really nice to see and um, hopefully I'll, along the way Gary has, to, has, to, has some big decisions to make about players coming in and going out but hopefully the young players will continue to get a chance at the club which I'm sure they will so um, so yeah, I wish I wish them well. You know, I keep saying to people that you know you don't you don't spend 20 odd years in a place and and not have it embedded in your in your in your psyche really. And and as you say, you know, even though I don't go to watch Middlesbrough as often, I'll go and watch Dale um, and uh, any other young players, any other English young English players that are in the round. But you can't help but look at the look at the scores and see how things are going and. Um, and I think they'll be fine with Gary. I really do. I hope he's given the opportunity to uh, to get them back to the to the big league. Because as I say, I know he'll play good football. And just finally, away from football, I know a couple of things that are important to you. It's obviously the charity, which has done incredible things over the last few years. And also, I think you like your music as well, don't you? Just to relax and get away from sort of Paul Smith and Maximum Park. Says you're a bit of a mate. Yeah, well, to be fair, the, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. The charity's gone great. You know, we, we obviously always got help from the likes of yourself, uh, Phil. So we're more than more than grateful. You know, we it's all, it's a lot of the times that we pick up stuff from the Gazette and the Northern Echo, where, and we see stories of of young children in our area that we feel we can help. So that's been and will continue to be a, something that myself and Jew and and uh, the three other trustees are very passionate about. Um, yeah, music's always been a big thing of mine, and and the reason how myself and Paul got uh, got to be mates, if you like, is when Paul was 12, he tells me a story that um, in a game against Watford, he had a photograph taken with me as a 12-year-old, and um, and then when I found out, and I knew Maximo were a local band, didn't didn't realise Paul was a massive Borough fan. Um, so after Maximo won the Mercury Music Prize. Um, I, uh, I was nominated for the Mercury Music Prize. Um, they were a band that I really liked anyway, and then found out about Paul. And so I think at the time, Dave Allen was the press officer at Middlesbrough and invited Paul down to one of the games. So I asked if I could have my photograph taken with him, <laughs> and we've been friends ever since. Um, yeah, 10 years. So, uh, so yeah, I've uh, seen Maximil play uh, quite a lot of times in, uh, in both in this country and, and, and around Europe. So, yeah, I mean, you're a great lad. and great band but yeah music's music's always been a thing of mine and but he's uh again he's a he's now a he's now a proud father himself paul so whether he can be a rock star and a father i'm sure he can because he pulls it off and i noticed they've had some pretty good gigs recently so great stuff good way to finish thanks colin appreciate great. your time on that great stuff thanks phil